God, we thank you so much for all that you are. You're a good God. You're a faithful God. You're such a kind and generous God. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, as we invite you here to, to be with us and to speak to us and give us some clear direction, Father God, during this time. We thank you, Father God, that as we open up our hearts, that we come expecting, we come hungry, we come ready to receive, Father God, whatever it is that you have for us. And so, Father, we thank you for a timely word. We thank you, Father God, that as you speak forth your word, your word will not come back into you void, but it will accomplish where you send it, and it will prosper wherever you send it, Lord. And so I thank you for watching over your word to perform it this day. And so we also pray for Denny, Lord God, as you also speak life into his body. You're a God, Lord God, that heals all of his diseases. You are the great physician. And Father God, we thank you for raising him up from this bed of affliction, giving new strength and new life in his body. We thank you, Lord God, for satisfying him with long life and, and many good days. And Lord, for this, we thank you in your precious son's name we pray. Amen and amen. Most of us have, uh, how can I say, most of us have experienced our children's dependence on us, especially when they're afraid. You know, when you have one of those stormy nights where, uh, where it's thundering and lightning, and you get one of those loud thunders that, you know, that, that sounds like an explosion, or that rattles your windows, causing our children to jump out of their beds afraid. And as they jump out of their beds, they run through their bedroom and down the hallway and into your bedroom. And they jump on your bed because what they need is someone to be there in their time of need. And as parents, we hold them, we console them, we, we comfort them with words like, it's okay, honey. Everything's going to be okay. Mommy and daddy are here. But all the holding and all the consoling and all the comforting words doesn't stop the rain. It doesn't stop the thunder and it doesn't stop the lightning. But what it does do, however, is it changes how they face their fears. It changes how they face their storm. And then eventually they'll fall asleep in your arms. And the fear that they had alone, they no longer have. Because mommy and daddy are there holding them. And this is what parents do. We help our children face their fears. We help them in their struggles. Well, this is exactly what our Heavenly Father does for us. He helps us in our fears. He helps us with our struggles. And as you know, we have been going through a season of crises. That has caused so much fear. So much confusion, so much disunity and division, and so much uncertainties as we enter into the new year. And for many, it's affected them. Many have struggled because of it. And I'm sure that there are many others who wonder, where does God exist in these crises? In other words, where is God in all of this? David understood something about crises because his whole life was filled with crises. And that's probably why he wrote the 23rd Psalm, especially in verse 4, where he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
For you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. So as David wrote these words, we can take great comfort in knowing that God is there in the midst of our struggles, in the midst of our chaos. Come on now. And we can also take great courage in knowing that just his presence alone is powerful enough to overcome and to turn things around. Are you with me this morning? So this morning I want to talk to you about this God who offers his presence that will make the difference in whatever crisis we find ourselves in. So one of the things that, um, that I'm hearing is that many people seem to think that God is only present in church. But has it ever occurred to anyone that God never has to go anywhere to be somewhere? Because, well, he's already there. Because God is everywhere. There is no place that God is not. So when we talk about the omnipresence of God, we're talking about a God whose complete essence, that is all of who God is, his character, his nature, his attributes, all of his essence is fully present in all places at all times. That is the omnipresence of God. I'm talking about all of God exists everywhere at the same time. God's presence is boundless. His presence is immeasurable. Look at Jeremiah chapter 23 and I'll show you what I mean. In Jeremiah 23 and verse 24, God says this. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? He says, am I not everywhere in all the heavens and the earth, says the Lord. I know that there are some people who may have a secret place in their home. A place that they can get away and hide. Maybe they hide from their spouses. Maybe hide from their children, from their pets or whatever. And it's your secret place. But as far as God is concerned, there is no such thing as a secret place. Because God is there. You can't hide from God. And if there, and if, if there is ever a place where the presence of God is not, then he's not omnipresent. But because he is, there's no place that God is not because he's everywhere. So let me take a few minutes to talk to you about three important things to know about his presence. And one of the things that is so important to know about this omnipresent God is that his presence cannot be contained. Because God is an infinite spirit, he is not restricted to being in one location at a time. Because he is boundless. Come on now. Now King Solomon, he understood this. He understood the, the infinite and boundless presence of God. When God had called him to build the temple, he built the temple to, for, for, for it to be God's dwelling place for his glory. So that all of God's people will know that this is God's house. And so if you go with me to 1 Kings chapter 8, and we're going to read from verse 27, because after King Solomon completed building the temple, he gathered all of God's people to dedicate this temple before the Lord. And these were his words in his dedication of this temple. He says, But will God really live on earth? He says, Why even the highest heavens 
cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. So Solomon recognized how infinite God was that and how unrestricted his presence was in one location that he was able to say not even the heavens can contain your presence. God's presence is immeasurable. You can't contain God in one location. You can't contain his presence in one place. God, understand this, God is not divided into parts to fit into the little different areas of the universe. But every little piece of the universe contains the entire presence of God. If you can even imagine that. But each little piece of the universe has the entire presence of God. And I'll tell you, that is such an awesome and wonderful thing to know that you can't get away from God. He wants to be present in your life. So that's the first thing. The second thing that is important to know about the omnipresence of God is that his presence cannot be avoided. Go, to, go, uh, go with me to Psalm 139 in verse 7 because David also understood that all of God exists everywhere. In Psalm 139 and in verse 7 he says this, Where can I go from your spirit? And where can I flee or run from your presence? Now David asked two important yet rhetorical question where can you go from his spirit where can you run from his presence and of course David's point was there is nowhere God is spirit and because he is spirit he exists everywhere at the same time and then he continues in verse 8 and he says if I ascend into heaven you are there if I make my bed in hell behold you are there Verse 9, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, verse 10, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Turn to the person next to you and say, God is there. So it doesn't matter how dark you might be in, how dark a place you might be in. doesn't matter how hopeless your situation might be. Doesn't matter how fearful the place you might be. It doesn't matter because God is there, right there where you are, to help you in the midst of your struggles. You can't get away from God. Come on now. So He's not only there to be a spectator, He's there to be an an active, present help in our time of need. So there's absolutely no place. Well, we can avoid the presence of God. No matter where we are, no matter how far we run, God is there. His presence is immeasurable that you can't contain him. His presence is boundless that you can't avoid him. The third thing that I think is important to know about the omnipresence of God is the fact that his presence can't be ignored. How many of you ever tried to ignore someone? I'm sure everyone should, should raise their hands and say, I'm sure that you try to ignore someone or something. Right? Because to ignore someone is to re- disregard them. It's to intentionally disregard them. It's to not pay attention to them or to turn a deaf ear. If you're still in Psalm 139 and verse 7, we read where David says, Where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee or run from your presence? And unfortunately, there are some people in the church today that have tried to ignore his presence by running away from God. 
And we find that example with Jonah, who learned the very hard way that, that you cannot run from God's presence. If you go with me to Jonah chapter 1, it's a very familiar story. I'm sure we all know it. And in verse 1, because Jonah tried to intentionally ignore God and turn from a deviate from his instructions and try to run from him. But of course, he found out the hard way that he couldn't. Listen to what it says in verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come before me. Verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee or to run to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. And so he paid the fare, that is a one-way ticket, and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And as you remember what David says, he asked the question, where can you go from his spirit? And where can you run from his presence? And of course, Jonah found out that the moment he made the decision to ignore God's presence, everything went wrong in his life. The moment he stepped into that boat and bought a one-way ticket to paradise, everything went wrong. His troubles began the moment he made that decision. He ran into a, a very dangerous and life-threatening storm. He gets thrown into the water. He gets swallowed up by a whale. And just when you think things can't get any worse, Jonah did not even get a refund on his ticket because he never got to his destination. So you know that he's having a bad day when he's lost money on top of all the other things that he's done. That was supposed to be a joke, but praise the Lord, we'll just move right along. But nothing went right for Jonah. He tried to ignore God by running away from him only to run right into him. And Jonah's decision to ignore God's presence serves as a valuable lesson for us. That if you try to ignore God, you'll find yourself greatly inconvenienced. Are you hearing me this morning? Because every false step we take, every false step that we choose outside of God's presence will always be longer and harder than it would be had you acknowledged his presence. Understanding nothing good exists outside of God's presence. Do you hear me? So when you acknowledge God and acknowledge his presence, he will be there with you to face any challenges and any, and any crisis that, you, that might come your way. And he'll help you through that. Proverbs 3, 6 says that in all of your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So Jonah thought that he can ignore God by running away from his presence. But he forgot one thing. Because God is an infinite God. Because his presence is boundless. And because his presence is immeasurable, God is everywhere. And because God is everywhere, God sees the entire landscape of our lives. Proverbs 15 and verse 3 says that the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Hallelujah. You cannot get away from God. You can't run from his presence without running into him because God is already there. God fills every inch of space throughout this universe with his personal attributes. So that is something to know about his presence. Well, let me take another few minutes to talk about the benefits 
of his presence. There are some things that we consider to be essential in our lives. For instance, if you're going to make bread, then you must have dough. Because dough is an essential part of making bread, right? If, um, if you're going fishing, then you must have bait. Because bait is, is an essential part of going fishing. If you're going to drive, then you must have a valid license. Because having a valid license is so essential to driving. If you're going to watch a Patriots game, then you must have a Patriots jersey. Because a Patriots jersey is so essential to watching a Patriots football game. Are you hearing me? That's just the way it is. But these and so many other things are considered to be essential in our everyday lives. But none can be so essential than having the presence of God in our lives. God's presence is not only essential, but it's beneficial. And so, let's look at Matthew 28 and verse 20. Because Jesus had just commissioned his disciples to go preach the gospel to all nations. But then he ends his commission with a promise. And in verse 20 he says, Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus promised to be with us all the way to the end of our lives and even to the end of the age. Now watch this. When Jesus makes a promise to be with us always in this journey that we call life, it is like going on a trip and bringing a suitcase along, carrying everything that you need for the trip. And so when we talk about his presence like a suitcase, It carries unlimited access to his unlimited resources of all of his benefits that his presence provides. And that is all that he is, all that he has, and all that he can do. Hallelujah. So uh, let me just take a few minutes to just point out some of the wonderful benefits. Let's unpack this suitcase And let's look at some of the benefits that he provides just by his presence alone. And of course, because of time, there's so many benefits that God offers with just his presence alone. But we just don't have the time to get into all of it. But here's some of the things that I picked out. But so we start out by going in uh, Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. One of the things that God's presence provides us with is protection and preservation. In Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. God says to Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you and I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, Joshua was very successful. uh, Well, he was a great leader and very successful one. And everything that he accomplished was behind the scene. He's a great servant to Moses as well as a great servant to God. But now it was time for him to step up and be up front. To lead God's people. And so Joshua is no different than you and I. So I'm sure that there were some moments of apprehension. I'm sure there was some nervousness and anxiety. I'm sure that he felt inadequate because these are some big shoes to fill. I'm sure there were moments that he was scared. And God must have picked this up because three times God had to remind him to be strong and of good courage. 
And I like to use this illustration that I've used several years ago about the bully and the boy. Where this boy would go to school every day. And every day he run into this bully, always beating him up and just being mean to him and just doing some mean things to him. And so one of his friends says, why don't you just go another way to go to school? So the boy says, all right. But he still ran into this bully. So no matter where this boy went, he always ran into this bully and this bully always just made his life miserable. So one day this boy was getting ready to go to school. And the father happened to notice that there was something bothering his son. And like a good father, he sat down and said, son, what, what's going on? What, what's bothering you? What's on your mind? So finally, the boy tells his father, well, you know, there's this bully that's always picking on me. So the father says, son, don't worry about it. You go ahead and go to school. Everything's going to be all right. So the boy goes off to school. Now you can imagine what this boy was going through. Feeling apprehensive, feeling nervous and anxiety and all these things. He was scared because he already knew what was coming around the corner. He already anticipated that this bully is going to show up and make his life miserable. Sure enough, this bully shows up. He sees the boy and he makes his way right towards the boy. As he was nearing the boy, all of a sudden the car pulls off to the pole, you know, pulls alongside of the son. And out of the car comes his father. And his father steps out of the car and stands next to his son. And the bully stopped, looked at the father, looked at the boy, looked at the father, looked at the boy. And the bully turned around and walked the opposite direction. The the message that the father was sending to him by standing next to his son was this. If you mess with my son, you'll mess with me. And as long as I'm with my son, no harm will come nigh his dwelling. And that's exactly what God does with his presence. As long as God is by our side, no harm will come nigh our dwelling. No bully will come and mess with us. No bully will try to make our lives miserable because God's presence is with us. God is there. Facing any opposition that you have to face in life, God is there. And so... Psalm 118 and verse 6 says that the Lord is on my side. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can anything do to me? Because God is with me. So God promised Joshua that just as he was with Moses, he was going to be with with him. Jesus says he will be with us always. And just as Jesus was with the disciples, Jesus will also be with us. Go to Isaiah chapter 43 real quick. Look at verse 2. It says that when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Now notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say when you pass by the waters. It doesn't say when you pass around the waters. It says when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, not by the rivers. They shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, not around the fire, but through the fire, you shall not be burnt, nor shall the flame scorch you. You know what this verse tells me? It tells me there's some stuff that we might have to go through. You know, we like to pray, Lord, we don't want no adversity. Lord, we don't want no trouble. Lord, we don't want no trials. Lord, we just want to live a nice, happy, perfect life. In a perfect world, yeah. But how many of you know we don't live in a perfect world? There's just some stuff we're just going to have to go through. 
But be encouraged because God is there right with you, facing the situation with you, and going through the situation with you, making sure you get to the other side. Hallelujah. So God says that he will go, that we will go through stuff, but he will go through it with us. Second thing, the second benefit that God provides by his presence alone is safety and timely help. Go to Psalm 46 and verse 1. Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. What the writer is writing here is that whenever we face difficulties, as he wrote this, there's a quiet confidence that you can sense because of God's ability to save him. Because no matter what we go through, remember, God is there and he's going to face whatever situation you're facing, but he's going to be there to help you and to deliver you and always be timely with his help. Now, his time and our time are a lot different. Okay, so let's let's make sure we understand that. Because just when we think God needs to come right now, God knows exactly when he comes and when he should come. And it'll always be on time. He's an on-time God. But he's not just a temporary retreat. He's a constant help, a constant present help, no matter what we go through in life. And he will always come with help in a timely fashion. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 6 says this. So we take comfort and are encouraged And confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? God is an on-time God. And his presence provides us with the help that we need in every situation in our lives. We can go on with confidence knowing that God is with us. And I think this is the point I'm trying to make here. Is I want you to understand and always be aware of the fact that God is there. No matter what, goes, what, what we go through in this life, no matter what this world is, is, is bringing to us, God is there. Doesn't matter how much pandemic, how, how much pandemic has affected so many people's lives. No matter what the social unrest is. No matter all of the, 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 the racial injustice that keep cropping its ugly head. No matter what political upheaval goes on, God is there to get us through all this stuff. Hallelujah. Go to Jeremiah chapter 15. Look at verse 20. God's presence also provides us with deliverance and he helps us to overcome any opposition. When God called Jeremiah into the ministry, he called him to be a prophet. And not only did he ordain him as a prophet to the nation of Israel, but he also gave him a message to bring to God's people. That message was to repent from all of their wicked ways, otherwise judgment will fall upon them. And in addition to his calling, God also told him, oh, by the way, the nation, the entire nation is going to reject you and turn against you. And they're also going to reject your message. So, you know, when you hear that, I said, well, why do I need to go then? 
But God says, I need you to go and I need to bring this message to you because God promised this to him. He says this in verse 20, and I will make you to this people a fortified bronze wall and they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. He says, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you, says the Lord. All that, you know, it's wonderful because God says, listen, this is what I want you to do. And even though the nation, even the whole world turns against you, all that matters is that I'm with you. That's all you need to know. Doesn't matter what you think the situation may be. All that matters is that I'm with you. And understand this. He says, I'm going to make you a fortified bronze wall. I'm going to make you a wall that cannot be penetrated. I'm going to make you a wall that cannot be broken down. I'm going to make you a wall that will not crumble under pressure. If your car is broken or breaks down, you go to a mechanic. If your house is falling apart, you go to a a handyman. If your health is falling apart, you go to your doctor. If your clothes is torn, you go to a tailor. If your grades are low... You go to a tutor. But what do you do if your life breaks down? Because anything that you, uh, anything that you use to fix a problem cannot compete with the presence of God. Are you hearing me? Because when you need to fix your life, there's no other solution than divine intervention. And God's presence brings divine intervention. When God, t- God did not tell Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I want you to be a fortified bronze wall. No, he told him, I will make you a fortified bronze wall. That's divine intervention. And he says, I will be with you to do what? To save you and to deliver you. That's divine intervention. When God promises to be with you, he's not just going to just tag along and walk alongside of you. He's going to intervene divinely and supernaturally whenever you're facing the opposition. He's going to give you supernatural strength to get through things. He's going to give you wisdom to, to, to make better decisions. He's going to give you the, the preservation and the protection so that nothing will overcome you. God will divinely intervene in your life just by his presence alone. Oh, glory to God. Let me give you one more. Genesis chapter 26. Go there in verse 1. God's presence will always cause you to prosper. No matter what the circumstances are. And no matter what the conditions may be. In verse 1 of Genesis chapter 26. The Bible says that there was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Verse 2. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down in Egypt, but live in the land of which I shall tell you. Verse 3. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Now, God, now the Bible says that there was a famine in the land. But God says, I don't want you to go to Egypt like everyone else is. And I don't want you to look for other resources like everyone else is. 
He says, stay in this land. Well, what land was God talking about? The land that was devastated in famine. And so God says, I don't want you to go anywhere, but stay right here. And if you stay here, I'm going to bless you. Now, look it over in verse 12. It says, then Isaac sold in that land. What land? The land that was devastated in famine. And he says, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. He planted seed in dried up barren land. Yet God was able to cause him to prosper and to yield a hundredfold in that year. And under the extreme worst conditions, he was able to reap a harvest. But look at what it says in the next verse. Verse 13. And the man, which is Isaac, began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. (laughs) Glory to God. And he had possessions of flocks and possession of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines who witnessed all this envied him. So it doesn't matter what condition you find yourself in. If God says he's there, he will be there, but he's also going to help you to prosper no matter what the conditions are in your life. No matter how dark your situation may be, no matter how fearful or hopeless you think your situation might be. If God says he's there, he's not only going to be there, he's going to divinely intervene in your life and cause you to prosper no matter what the conditions are. We see a same example in Genesis 39 in verse 2. We talk about Joseph. We all know his story. We, know, we all know how he became a slave. And this is a young man whose life and freedom was taken away from him and made to be a servant for the rest of his life. Where he has no freedom, no choice of his future. All that was taken from him. The conditions in his life were terrible. But yet in verse 2 it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful and prosperous man in spite of what the conditions were. And know this, Joseph was the only slave in Egypt that prospered and was successful. Because he was the only one who had God with him. And in verse 3 it says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord blessed him and made all that he did to prosper. Even the master, a heathen, had to recognize and acknowledge the fact that, whew, God is with this guy because everything he does, a slave, and yet he's prospering and succeeding in everything that he does. That, my friends, is divine intervention brought on by God's presence in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. So whatever we face in life, God faces it with us to give us rest, to give us strength, to bring about deliverance, to save us in times of need, to be a present help in a timely fashion. And as I get ready to wrap things up, let me just share this one last thought. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, and we're going to begin reading from verse 14. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 
in verse 14. And this should be a very familiar verse because Pastor John often reads this. He's often read it to us several times in the past. It says, then if my people who are called by my name and will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Well, this is what I want you to see in verse 15. God says, my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to every prayer that is made in this place. Verse 16. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. And I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. God says that my eyes will be open and my ears will always be attentive to every prayer that is made. And he made a reference about this place. What place was God talking about? Well, in verse 16, he tells us, he says, this place is his temple. The temple that he set apart and sanctified to be a holy place. A place where his name will be honored forever. And he says, this place, I will watch over it always. Because this place is dear to my heart. Now I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 16. A very familiar verse. 1 Corinthians 3 in verse 16. Listen to what Paul says. Do you not know that you are the temple, the sanctuary of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple, the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? What does this mean to the, to the believer? The difference between the temple in the Old Testament and the temple that the Bible talks about in the New Testament is the fact that the temple in the Old Testament was built with stones. The temple that God talks about in the New Testament is our bodies. And God said that his eyes will be opened and his prayer and our prayers will all and his ears will be open to all of our prayers, prayers that are made where? In this place. This temple. And he sanctified this temple, this place, to be a holy place. A place that he says he will watch over because this place is dear to his heart. You see, the difference here is this. As universal as God's presence is, his presence is now more personal and more intimate in our lives. Because he's living on the inside of us. Are you hearing me this morning? He says he will always watch over it. Because it's dear to him. That's because he's with us every day. Living inside of us. What's so amazing about this is is that. Though the heavens cannot contain God. Because his presence is so vast. So immeasurable and so boundless. Yet God chooses to live 
and dwell in us. In this flesh, in this weak, imperfect body. John 14 and verse 16, Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is the personal presence of God himself. Jesus says, I'm going to send you a someone, not a something. So that he can be everywhere with you, wherever you go. To watch over you. To sanctify you. To be, to, for his eyes to be open and ears always attentive to every prayer that is made in this place. God's dwelling, indwelling presence is a lifeline to every believer. God is not broken up into different parts that he may fit into the different little areas of our lives. But every little piece of our lives contains the entire presence of God. Let me leave you with this one last verse. Go to Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Each little piece of our lives has the entire presence of God in all of his fullness. Colossians 2 verse 9 says, For in him, which is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. That was Jesus. In verse 10, this is us. And you are in him, made full and having come to fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. And he is the head of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. This, this very same ruler is with us in this place, always and forever. Understand this. God does not want to be a God on the outer edges of, of our lives. God doesn't want to be a God standing on the outside looking into our lives. God wants to be in the center of our lives. He wants to be in the center of our being. He wants to be with us always. And he is and always will be with us. A present help in our time of need. To provide divine intervention throughout our whole lives as, we, as long as we live. Because he's there. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your holy presence in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we can walk confidently and live confidently knowing that you're with us. Knowing, Lord God, that no matter what crisis we find ourselves in, no matter what chaos we find ourselves in, you are there with us. You, your presence will make the difference in our lives. Your presence will help us to overcome anything that comes our way. Lord, we thank you that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, but you'll always be there, a constant help in our time of need. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your mighty, personal, intimate presence in our lives. And Lord, for this we thank you. And we honor you today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Before we dismiss the service this morning, those who are here this